0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. It's good to see everyone here tonight. We've got our fusion service with our youth happening tonight, and we're so excited about what is happening and, um, in the youth and across the church, and so good that we can all meet together, isn't it? Isn't it great to be in the room together, to see what God wants to do in and through us tonight Tonight's message title is called, Where Are They Now? And I was reading Acts 3, and I spoke a message on it in the AM a couple weeks ago, but I haven't been able to get out of this passage of Scripture, which always tells me that God must want me in that passage of Scripture. I would encourage you, don't roll through the Bible like it's a reading plan, but stay when the Holy Spirit says to stay. Because He wants to speak something to us tonight, and He wants to speak something to you tonight. Acts 3, 6 to 11 tells the story of Peter and John, two apostles, two disciples of Jesus. Jesus has died, he's risen again, but he's gone to be with the Father. And what happens in this story is they walk past a lame man who was begging beside a gate called Beautiful. He was in a terrible situation, but a beautiful place. So many of us find ourselves in those situations, where we find ourselves in a dire situation. But if you find yourself in the room tonight, can I say this? You're in a beautiful place. Because God has found his way and he wants to interact with you tonight and breathe hope and life. And anyway, this lame man cries out to Peter and John as they're walking past. Hey, hey, can I have some money? He's begging from them and they say, we don't have any money. And we pick up the story in in verses 6 to 11. Then Peter said, he's looking at the man. He says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. One thing, if you've been laying down for your entire life, your ankles are going to be weak. But in this moment, they become strong. He's had a miracle. He's had a divine intersection with the holy God. Then he met with them, in, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. Who knows, that's a testimony for people outside the church. When others, are, what, what happened in their life? When others start to go, wait a minute, wasn't that man, why is he healed? wait a minute, why, why is that lady so joyful? Wasn't she suffering from depression? All these different things that God's hand wants to be in our life. And they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging in the temple gate, and they were filled, that's not COVID, pardon me, uh, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the temple, in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Have you ever tried to do something by yourself, in your own strength, only to realize that you needed help? I'm going to talk to some men in the room, (laughs) because we're quite bad at this, aren't we? You can Wives, you can dob them in right now. But sometimes there are moments in our life, and ladies, I'm not going to try to speak on behalf of you, because that would just be unwise of me. Um, But sometimes... We can try to do things in our own strength and, and try to accomplish things that are just outside of our ability. Who knows that a man will never, ever tell you that something is too heavy for him to carry? No, They won't. You know what they say? They go, if a guy says this to you, it's a cry for help. It's too heavy, heavy for me and I need a hand to lift it. He'll come up and he'll be like, hey, um, I'm moving something and it's a bit awkward. We don't ever say heavy. We just say, oh, it's a bit awkward. The couch is a bit awkward. The fridge is a bit awkward. The chairs are a bit awkward. So we won't say heavy. Do you mind if you come? It's not heavy. It's not too heavy for me. It's just awkward heavy. He says, you know, so I need a hand. So that's a cry for help. If a man ever asks, hey, can I have a hand? It's an awkward, you know, it's just too heavy for him. He doesn't want to admit it. Another thing we don't do, who knows the pasta sauce lids, the really tight ones on the top. We, once we've tried to crack it once, we will not hand it to the next person to try to crack it. We will stay there and we will make up excuses as to why our hands were, you know, just washed and they're still slippery. We will get every tea towel out of the bench and, and try, you know, it's just not the, right, not the right tea towel. It's just, did you do something to this? Until it gives us enough time to work out how we're going to open the pasta sauce. The other day, Poppy actually did it and I couldn't. Like, I literally am trying and I pass it to Poppy and she's like, crack! And I'm like, dang, it's good. I loosened it, exactly right. Thank you, Pastor Byron. This just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me then. My personal favorite, though, is when you're talking to somebody, and I do this, so I'm not, but I'll be trying to f- solve a problem, and I get caught in my own mind, and I sit there, and I'm with people, namely sometimes Poppy, and I'm sitting there, and I've been told anyway that we'll be talking about the problem. Poppy will answer me with a solution to the problem, only for me to go, not even acknowledge the solution, and then to go full circle and come back and tell Poppy the exact solution that she told me in the first place, but claim it as my own. It happens. See, sometimes you just need to know when you need somebody to help. You see, I say all that to say this, we need to acknowledge the need for community in our world. We really do. Eventually, life will put us in a place where we have to acknowledge our need for community. See, life is better together, but being together doesn't make community. See, there are a lot of people who are together but alone. Like stadiums are filled with people who are together in one place but alone in their heart. Businesses are filled with people who are together working under the same roof, but alone. Schools are filled with children and teenagers who are together, under the roof of the school, but alone in their hearts. Nations are filled with people who are together, and yet we are alone. It's not good enough just to be together. And I'm not saying that we don't come together but I'm saying we have to go beyond just meeting together and build community together. We need to get vulnerable with each other. Hebrews 10:24 to 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, that's one part of it, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. A study in 2018, that's pre-COVID, just to get your mind around that. Remember, BC, before COVID? Anyway, it's coming, I tell you. But there was a study done in 2018, and it came out with the fact that one in four Australians in that year felt lonely. Now, if you're on a row, that roughly means three or four people in that row feel lonely. And you could be the answer to their community problem. And you could be the answer to making them feel like somebody cares, like somebody's got their back, like somebody sees them. And in our current world climate, can I say this, it's actually harder than ever before for community because we have a lot of fake communities and Facebook and Instagram and all that sort of stuff and fake communities everywhere. But what about real community? Do we know how to live in real community? See, real community means we have to get vulnerable. It means we probably should be teachable. It means that we should have an understanding for one another. And I believe that's who God has called us to be. As is church and real community, we're not called to always, you know, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. And we've heard that saying, you get sparks when you're sharpening iron. And so sometimes there are going to be disagreements. Sometimes people are going to have different sides to a story. But all encompassing is that Jesus Christ is our Savior, our Redeemer, our Healer, He is our hope, and we need to place our unity in Him. I'm not talking about click churches either. You see, sometimes we go to the far end of the extreme when we think that clicks are community, they are not community. See, church clicks are valuable for a small minority, but church community is valuable for the greater majority. Church cliques kick people out to make themselves feel in, but church communities bring people in to ensure nobody feels out. Church cliques say, get this, come as we are, but church community says, come as you are. Cliques cause hurt, but communities bring healing. I remember I was in India one time, and I got invited to a wedding. I did not know the people at this wedding. I had no clue whose wedding I was going to. I didn't even know their names. I just knew that on that particular day, because my airplane got postponed, I had to go to this wedding. And so I rock up. Have you ever been to a wedding you've never been invited to? Pretty much you feel like that anyway. I was invited, but I didn't feel very invited. And I went And I remember I get there, and to my surprise, I wasn't just attending the wedding of the people I didn't know, which was awkward enough. I was sitting on the stage with the bride and groom at this wedding. Can we pop up one of the pictures? If we can, Emma, that would be brilliant. But I'm on the stage with, like, literally, (laughs) I'm not joking. Like, there's 500 people at this wedding, and I'm sitting there. I didn't know that I was sitting on the stage till I got there. And as if that's not awkward enough, they asked me to speak about the couple who were getting married. And you can't say no. And so I end up trying to bubble my way through a, a, um, I guess, a speech about this couple who I've never met. It was, it was, it was a strange experience. I say that it was, I was an uninvited guest of honor. But you know the thing that made me a little bit more confident was the fact that they actually invited me. I got to meet the couple and they're like, oh, we're so thankful you could be here. I'm like, thank you. Um, I'm thankful just to be here. Like, this is your wedding. And it it was a surreal experience. But the invitation made me feel like I sort of was supposed to be there. The invitation. I look at the back of the wedding. There's people literally walking in off the streets to eat the food at the wedding, which is a different scenario too. And I just realized that in this setting, the invitation was powerful. The invitation, can I say this, your invitation to people outside of your world right now who aren't in this community is powerful, and it brings people that step closer. And they may not say yes to the invitation, but if we keep extending it in faith and believing in our hearts, even if we have a little bit of faith that God could touch it, then maybe, just maybe, they find themselves sitting in the chair next to you and although they may not get everything that's happening in the room tonight, they get the fact that you invited them and that you belong here, and that would make them feel as if they belong here. Your invitation is important. You see, as a church community, we need to be not closed off, but open to the people that surround us. I'm going to say something that may make you cringe, but just go with me in this, okay? Are we good? take a breath maybe and just, it's okay, don't don't yell heresy or anything like that, it's biblical, and we're about to get there. But in this life, the presence of God is not enough. Okay, I'll say it one more time. In this life, the presence of God is not enough. And God is okay with that. God is okay for the presence of His presence not to be enough for us. Because there's literally one thing, when He created the earth, there was one thing that he said was not good. He said the light was good. He said the waters were good. He said the creatures were good. He said we were good, which is a surprise. And then in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. See, Adam had full access to the presence of God. He walked with God. He talked with God. He named things, I'm sure, with God. And yet in this moment, God says, it's not good. It's not good. This is not a good scenario for a human to be alone. And he creates Eve. Proverbs 18.1 18, says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And he rages against all wise judgment. Ever wondered why you make your worst decisions when you're alone? Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so, so one person sharpens another. You see, here's the thing. I need you. You need me. I know that's part of the belief. But we all need God. See, God is better experienced in community all the time, every day. In an in, in individualistic culture like we live in, where literally you can go and people, you know, worry about your three best friends, me, myself, and I. Just do, the, do life with them, you'll be fine. And we can get caught in a personal world where we are just all about ourselves. But living for other people is healthy for us. Living for other people is good for us. I need you, you need me, we both need God. You see, it's not independence, and we're all scared of it, like being so dependent on something else. It's human humanity inside us hates the fact that we could somehow find ourselves dependent on another person, maybe on God even, and so we, we, we push ourselves away when all along God's talking about interdependence. Together we are better. Together, in, if you try to do life alone, it will be only a matter of time until you slip. That's the real reality, and we've seen that. You've seen that. If you've been in church any amount of time, you know that soon as we get alone, and this is every person ever, doesn't matter how strong their relationship is with God at the beginning, how tight they are in their prayer life, how hard they can worship and how long they can praise, if they do the journey with God alone, they will slip back. I'm going to ask for Jonah, Sam, and um, this is a completely random. Ollie, can you come up here? Don't worry. It's going to be fine. We're doing, we've got the youth in the room, so I'm going to do something a little bit different. It's okay. Beautiful, Jonah. (laughs) Can you, can you lay here, Ollie, just on the top of the stage? Just lay here. Yeah, just lay, lay sideways perfect, Jonah and Sam are, Peter and John, here we go, sorry Ollie, you're the lame man, but you're not lame, don't worry, you're fine, you're awesome, one day, Peter and John, you guys have to act this out as I say, okay, this is like, okay, I'm just gonna go over here, one day, Peter and John are walking to church, walk, yep, and the lame man yells, you're the lame man, Ollie, sorry, say help, And so Peter and John come over to the lame man. As we've just read, they say, saying, this is you, silver or gold? I have not. But in the name of Jesus, taken by his right hand, get up and walk. And so the man gets up. Everyone clap, because that's like a celebration moment. Okay, okay, okay. This is cool. This is a cool moment. This is a good moment. This is like the miraculous power of God. This is like, God, you are so good. We would, you know, put this on like, tell people everywhere. Did you see that? That happened. This is cool. And so it says that the lame man follows Peter and John into the temple courts and he's leaping and he's praising God. That's you, my bro. Okay. And he's leaping and he's praising God. Here we go. And back. Walk back. Come on. Walk back. Here we go. No, no. no don't go. You've got to go to church, bro. We Leaping and praising God. He's having a great old time. And then stop. They get to the church. You guys can come in here. They get to the church. You can stand here, Sam. You stand here, Jonah. Beautiful. In between. And you can stand in between, Ollie. Perfect. And something happens that catches my eye. So the miracles happen. God's, you know, everyone's like, wow, this is amazing. Miracle. God's moving. How good is God? And then the, the Scripture says... While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished. Hold on to Peter and John. No, 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 no. You've got to be up like this. Stand on the... Say, yeah, there you go. You're, you're being held up, bro. You're not holding... You're not going to go skipping, okay? They, you, the skipping is done. Something's happened. If I can have the band back up. Something's happened right here. The man started and he was praising God. And so these guys don't look at the man's background. They didn't go, how long you've been on the mat, bro? Can God really heal? Do you feel like you can be healed by God right now in this moment? No, no, they just say, hey, get up. So the background didn't affect Peter and John. And then, and then the background didn't affect him, but also the fact that they stayed in community with him. Like they were close enough to cling to. Like the miracle wasn't the highlight of this story. I think the miracle was that Peter and John were still so close in proximity to the lame man that when his legs couldn't catch up with the move of God, because there are moments when we have the big expression move of God in somebody's life, we see someone baptised, we see somebody give their heart to God, the addiction breaks, new life spreads forth, but what happens months after? Are we the type of church who is able to support those who are on their God journey and trying to find their way in life? Or are we the type of church who leaves the people to slump back down to where they originally were? Because if Peter and John aren't there to stabilize this man and to carry the weight, and the weight didn't worry them, church, neither should people's weight around us. If we're being filled with God and we're walking with God, The weight doesn't worry us, but we're walking through, we're in community with them. Something happens. Something happens because I find this is the miracle. Is that when God touches somebody's life, the church would be there throughout the journey of life. That we would hold each other accountable. That we would spur each other on. That we would come on the journey with each other and embrace the weight together. Because this is the thing. Every one of us is the lame man at times. Every one of us at times feel like we are in the ditch of life. Like we are down on life. And if you haven't experienced that, it's coming. And so the praise didn't fool Peter and John. I'm not saying the praise praise is awesome. The praise is great. But the praise can't fool us. Life happens. But we have to be the type of church who stands shoulder to shoulder so that one drops, I'm fine, I'll pick you up. I've got, it was the faith of Peter and John that healed the man, not the man's faith that healed him. And so we extend faith for each other. We embrace the weight with each other and God touches it and He blesses it. I've been in moments of my life. You guys are great. Thank you very much. Can we please give it up for our awesome actors? In my life, I felt moments where I feel like faith is on a high, life is going well, feeling like Peter and John. You do too. When you're on the highs of life, life is going great. But there are moments too when I feel like the lame man. We need to get this, that we're both the lame man and we're Peter and John in the story. Sometimes you can't always stand by yourself, but it's the faith of the people sitting around you and next to you that will get you through. Don't limit what God wants to do in your life by limiting connection with the people around you. Where God, God says, His Word says, where there is unity, He commands a blessing. God blesses people who are in community. God works through people who are in community. God works through wonders people who are in community. Ecclesiastes 4, 9-10. I didn't give this, I just got this before. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, One will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. I pray that we would be a church that would see people like God sees people. That we wouldn't just celebrate the praising and the miraculous moments, but we would celebrate the moments when we get to stand shoulder to shoulder with somebody who does not feel like standing any longer. I pray that God would break our hearts again for what breaks His. Where are they now? There are people who have sat in the very seat that we sit in who are no longer in church. What happened? They lost community. There are people who sit and come to this building who just need some of us, and I'm talking about all of us, sorry, to reach out. You don't need to have 50 friends. You just need to have a few. But we need to stand there with each other through the seasons of life and commit to community. So where are they now? Where are the people that you need in your life to get through what you're walking through? And if you don't have them, join a connect group, get involved, talk to somebody after their service. Where are the people that need you to stand with them? Because they don't have the strength to stand any longer. Ask the Holy Spirit, God, point them out to me. Help me to invite them. Help me to step out of my comfort zone. Where are they now? Let's not leave any people going back to the life that they left when God intervened. Let's be the type of church who rise up and live in the community that God has put us in. Amen? Amen. Can I pray? Dear Lord, I pray for every person in this room. I pray right now for your power. I pray right now for a God, I pray right now that you would break our hearts for our community and for the people in this room. God, I pray, Lord, for every lonely person. I pray right now that, Lord, on the heart of another believer in this room, we would see them and we would reach out in this moment. That, God, as people come through these doors, we would be a church who reach out in community because, God, you reach down to our world. That Father God, we wouldn't just celebrate the miracle moments, but we would celebrate life together in all seasons, God, that you would be good. In all seasons, God, that you would surround us with people who can carry us, but also people that we can carry when they need it. I thank you for Highway Church. I thank you that we're a family church with a mission's heart. I thank you, Lord, for what you've started. But Lord, I expect, Lord, what I'm so expectant for what you're about to do. And so, God, I pray right now that we would have a moment with you in our hearts. That, God, we would commit to community. That, God, you would break our heart for what breaks yours. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Poppy.